Well, we're beginning a sermon series this morning called Habits, and it's really just all about how the small decisions that you make, small choices we make, can make big and significant changes in your life. Um, small decisions, big, uh, big changes. That's what habits are. Uh, I want to introduce you guys to somebody you may or may not know, and it's, um, it's me from a few years ago. And so I want to... Uh, let me tell you a little bit about, um, about me. About three years ago, I got to the top of uh, a few flights of stairs. And as I got to the top uh, of just a couple of flights of stairs, I was so winded. I mean, totally gassed. Like, <sighs> you might know what I'm talking about. That feeling. All right, I got to the top of the stairs and I was just like, what's, what's wrong with me? <laughs> And it was a familiar feeling. It felt like the same type of feeling that I had when I was about 17 and I had run all these stadiums. I was an athlete in high school. I wore uh, ankle weights and wore a sauna suit and I was running stadiums and I can remember getting to the top of the stadium and going, well, but this was different. You know, here I was 35 years old, no ankle weights, no sauna suit, and just a few stairs. (laughs) So what in the world had happened, right? Uh, Well, I'll tell you. There was a whole lot more of me than needed to be. That's what it was. Um, So I realized in those moments that I had become somebody I didn't really want to be. And what I had become, who I was, was a result of a lot of really small, seemingly insignificant choices. They seemed like they didn't matter at the time. But the long-range impact of all those small choices... Uh, made me into a person I didn't really want to be. So I got to the top of those steps that day and I just, I was bent over trying to catch my breath from just a handful of stairs and I thought, this is not the person that I want to be. So if you can do this without laughing, I want to introduce you to um, who my wife calls Fat Justin. Look at this guy. Well, that's strips. Can you make it normal? (laughs) That's that's like hyper stretched. (laughs) Oh, there we go. Okay. All right. Well, this is me just a few years ago. Right? That's me at 242 pounds. Now, I'm not here. You're not here to talk about weight loss. And I'm certainly not pitching any kind of weight loss initiative. But I want to tell you that small choices can make a big impact. Anybody agree with that? All right. So a lot of small choices from, I guess, graduating high school, you know, I put on the freshman 15 and then apparently the, the you know, I don't know, rest of life 50. Um, and this is who I became. So I want to tell you that we become what we repeatedly do. Your habits, and when I say habit, what I'm talking about are all the little behaviors that you have, have so become ingrained in you that you don't really even think about them anymore. It's just what you do. Those habits are actually defining attributes of who you are. This guy is a donut lover. <laughs> I can tell you right now. That's who he is. So about three years ago, I decided... I didn't want to be this guy anymore. So I started on a, on a little journey. And Sarah's just kind of 
go through. You may want to unstretch all of those images. So Sarah's going to go on a little journey. I just want to show you some pictures. I, I took some, made some decisions, made some adjustments to, to life. What I was eating, what I was doing. I began doing just some regular exercise. Here I am at the gym. I don't look real happy about it. Uh, I was not very happy about it. Uh, because you know what? A lot of the times the disciplines that will change you are not all that pleasant up front. And it takes a little bit here I am after the gym. Uh, once again, not real happy about it. But And there's a closer look. That's all right. They stretch in that program. These are some friends uh, of mine at the gym working out. So I built some camaraderie with, uh, with some folks at the gym. But just here's what I want you to know. What you repeatedly do becomes part of your everyday rhythm. These become part of your everyday rhythm. And ultimately, those things become habits. There's a good healthy meal. That was what I left the donuts for that, right? Um, what we, we become what we repeatedly do. So as we start talking about habits, what I want to do is get you to think about what do your life rhythms say about you? The things that you do every day, the stuff that you do, the stuff, that, the routine things, what do they say about you? When you wake up in the morning, um, are you a, a super disciplined person from the get-go? Or do you hit snooze seven times? You know, are you just walk through that for a moment? Walk through your day. What are the things in your day and how do they define you? Um, Over my journey, uh, I connected with a friend and I was hoping she would be here today, but I don't see her. Connected with a friend, reconnected with a friend from high school. And just like me. She, uh, well, similar. She had a better excuse. Her son had a tragic car accident and she had to shift her priorities to taking care of him and making sure his recovery went well. Um, but just like me, she had, she had gotten to be a little bit uh, heavier than she wanted to be. Well, um, about three years ago, our paths intersected at the gym and she was on a very similar journey. It's been... Years, But I've watched her transformation. I've watched her change from who she was to who now she wants to be. And just a couple of weeks ago, she was actually on the stage as a female bodybuilder. Now, that's not going to be me, not the female part and not the bodybuilder part. Okay, Um, But she was on stage and I was so proud of her for her transformation. And it's taken incredible diligence, incredible work, lots of emotional stress. I mean, uh, she's been through a lot, but she's made some choices that have impacted her long range, who she is. A lot of people look at her now, especially when you look at those pictures of her on stage and and they think, well, she's she's just a gym rat. That's who they think she is. But I'm telling you, that's not who she was. But the small choices that she's made have impacted her identity. And that's the case with all of us. The small things that we do begin to define us. Why don't you take your Bibles with me? We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And Paul's doing some teaching here. He's writing to um, the church in Corinth. 
And he's going to use an athletic metaphor, which is the reason I chose some of the imagery that, that we've had today. He's using an athletic metaphor to do some coaching. Really practical coaching. So today, that's what I want to do for us. Just do some really practical, down-to-earth, real-life coaching. We'll do, teach our way through this passage, but I'm hoping to give you some truth that tomorrow morning is going to matter. That today is going to impact the decisions that you make. I, I'm believing God. I've been praying that these next three weeks, including today and the next two uh, weeks, this series of messages would be a turning point for some of us. That in your life you'd say, you know what, I, I'm not who I want to be. And I'm not just talking about your physical appearance. I mean, put, push that to the side. I'm talking about... Maybe you'd say, I'm not who I want to be in terms of my walk with Christ. Not who I want to be in terms of being the husband that God's called me to be. Or being the wife or being the mother or being the father that God's called you to be. I'm, I'm not who I want to be. And I want to give you some hope today. I want to speak some truth to you and tell you that you don't have to be that person. And you can be someone else. You can be who you want to be. And Today I'm going to tell you how. A lot of how stuff today. Through the scriptures. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Most important thing we'll do today is read this passage. So would you stand with me in honor of God's word. As we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul writes and he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do, it to, they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body. And keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Lord, would you use this scripture and our, our time together this morning to start us on a path of transformation? And for some in this room, maybe it needs to be a surrender to Jesus. And for the rest of us, maybe we need to be more resolved, be empowered by the Spirit to make some wise decisions that then would become godly habits. So Lord, would you help us in this process of transformation today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. One thing we see in this text, Paul's, like I said, using an athletic illustration uh, metaphor to do some teaching. And here's what he says. Don't you know that in a race, all the runners run? Some very simple truth today, but here's what I want us to get. Number one, runners run. You say, well, what's the point of that? Here's the point. If you don't run, you're not a runner. And here's the broad point we're making is that your identity as a runner 
is proven by your routine behaviors. Just like you might would look at my friend who's a, a, a bodybuilder and you say, well, she's a gym rat. Well, she's in the gym all the time. She works out all the time. She's super disciplined about her workout. You wouldn't say that if those things weren't true, if those habits weren't true. It's, it's the same reality. Like you can't say you're a runner if you don't run. Paul's making a very simple statement here. Don't you know that in a race, all the runners run? Your identity is proven. It's validated by your routine behaviors. So just think through that for a moment. How would that translate into some spiritual realm? You know, Um, Christians serve. Christians worship. Christians study their Bible. Followers of Christ Share the gospel. Those type realities are fact realities, but are they true of you? Are they true of me? These habits, these rhythms prove who we are. So when we talk about habits, our instinct is to, is to press right in and talk about what we do. And what I want to do is kind of flip the script. I want to take a step back and say it's not about what you do necessarily. It's about who you are. That's the reason for the overarching question, the, the title of this message today, Habits, Who Are You? Who are you? Are you a runner is what I'm asking. Because Paul says that runners run. So in the Christian faith, are you actually running that race? If you're not actually running that race, then you might would have to say you're not a runner. You're not in the race. So as we talk today, I, I want to, and, and for the rest of this series, these three messages, I want to guard us against making um, do goals, like goals about what you should do. Well, I think tomorrow I want to do this. Instead, I want to encourage you to make who goals. I want, you, I want to encourage you to make goals about who you want to be. Who's the kind of person that you want to be? What we've said is that we become what we repeatedly do. We have a tendency to um, celebrate big moments, you know. Uh, my friend Chad's here. He's actually a bodybuilder too, and he's got some trophies about his bodybuilding, right? Those are big moments. And a lot of people would think that, that that's the peak. But it's actually like all the small decisions leading up to that big moment, those small choices are what mattered in a big way. So while we look at the big moments, like a mission trip to Haiti or like um, uh, last weekend, many of you came and served for our one team serve day. We look at those big moments and we go, well, that, that, that's who I am. Well, maybe those big moments should be the results of lots of small moments. Small wise choices done consistently over time will make the big changes that you really want to see. What, what comes to my mind right now is this imagery of an iceberg. Anybody, you've seen icebergs? Anybody seen a glacier? Anybody seen one in real life? Been to like Alaska or something? Yeah, it's amazing, right? I've never seen it, but I've seen pictures. Amazing. All right, when you look at an iceberg or a glacier, what you see above the water, you're just like, 
wow, look at that huge, that's an amazing thing. But did you know that over 90% of that iceberg is beneath the surface? Over 90% of it is underwater where nobody sees. And it's almost the same about these big moments in your life, these huge like trophy stage type moments. Over 90% of that moment is actually on the background. It's actually the little bitty decisions you made all throughout life building up to those big moments. And everybody looks at that guy on stage and goes, I want to be like that guy. But they're not willing to do the 90% of beneath the surface decisions. Are y'all following what I'm saying? This is super practical today. We're talking about runners run. So as we think, I don't want us to think specifically about do goals, but about who goals. Who do you want to be? Maybe you say, I want to be a generous person. I want to be generous. If that's something you say, um, here's an idea. Maybe take a dollar bill and put it in your pocket every day. And just look for chances to give it away. I know it's just a dollar, but that's $30 a month. It's $360 a year. And you're constantly looking for how to give it away. So think about who you want to be. Maybe you say, I, I think I want to be a godly husband. Okay? Well, then either maybe every morning or every night, find two minutes. Take your spouse by the hands and pray. For two minutes. Pray together. Pray for her. Pray for your children. Take your spouse and pray. Every day. Make it a, I want to be this person, so I'm going to do these things. Maybe you say, I want to be super disciplined, all right? Then don't hit the snooze button for a month. <laughs> Just commit to get up. Only set one alarm. If you looked at uh, my wife's phone for her alarms, it's like alarm, 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 alarm. <laughs> and it's just funny. That's just the way she does it. But uh, if you want to be super disciplined, just set one for when you have to get up and get up. Start your day that way. Roll out of bed. You want to you be intimate with Jesus. Like you want to have a relationship with God that is thriving in, uh, in intimacy. Like you just feel the presence of the Lord. Well, roll out of bed onto your knees every day. Who do you want to be? What's one thing you need to do differently to get there? Super, super practical today. Runners run. Don't make who goals make, or don't make do goals make who goals. Second thing, discipline is required. Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. He says, so run that you may obtain it. The end of that verse in the NLT, I like that translation for this passage. He says, so run to win. And then verse 25, every athlete exercises self-control in all things or discipline, self-control or discipline in all things. So um, I like these statements. I think these hopefully these will be helpful for you. Discipline is the bridge between who you are and who you want to be. Discipline is the bridge between who you are now and who you really want to be. There are some things that have got to change and those things are the bridge, the disciplines to get to who you want to be. 
Discipline is the bridge there. I want you to think about this statement. Um, Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Um, Let me give you an illustration. We have have three small children and um, all the time there is a need for a different kind of discipline. Um, just seems like all the time we're trying to do this or that. And parenting, many of you know this, and probably you could help me out a lot, but um, it's constantly trying to figure out how to shape this, this little child to, to think rightly and then to act rightly. How to shepherd their heart. Um, and so you have to think long range. Okay, what's the long range thing? What do I really want most? Because in this moment... Like, here my kids are fighting, and right now, I just don't, I want to zone out. I want to ignore it for a minute. I just don't want to deal with with the problem. But because I want most my kids to grow up in a good way, I deny myself in that moment. What I want right now is to kick back in the recliner and flip the channels or whatever. I have to deny what I want right now for what I want most. And I engage in that situation. Or maybe for you it's just, you know, uh, go back to the healthy eating thing, you know, like you have to walk past the donuts in the foyer out there in the coffee shop. You know, you have to think, well, I want to be in, I want to be healthy. So I have to go for what I want most over that donut that I want right now. So discipline means deciding and choosing what you want most. Over what you want right now. And Paul says discipline is required. If you're going to run this race and you're going to run it to win, it's going to take discipline. It's going to take some self-control. You've got to make these decisions. Now Paul's one to, to deal with inconsistency. And he struggled with inconsistency just like we do. We talked about this passage before when we talked about sin nature. So in Romans chapter 7... If you have your Bibles, let's read that section of Scripture together. In Romans chapter 7, verse 15, Paul says, I don't understand my own actions. I do not do what I want to do, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I don't want, I agree with the law that it's good. So so now it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. We have inconsistencies in life. I'm not just talking about your choice of you know, eating healthy or not eating healthy. Specifically, we're talking about choices of following Christ, being obedient to Jesus, or not being obedient to Jesus. This week, I um, had an opportunity to take a, a, a guy to get some gas. and was, uh, just Took him down to a local gas station and uh, was going to pump pump a little bit of gas in his car and while we're doing that I go to pump gas in the car we're, we're, t- we're just talking about different stuff and I just sense the Lord said hey man you've got a captive audience share Christ with him and right then I had a choice to make am I going to be faithful to share the gospel with him or am I going to pump gas shake his hand pat him on the back send him on his way what am I going to do those choices what do we do? Well, Paul says, the things that I, I know I should do, the things that I want to do, I, I find myself not doing. 
And he's just wrestling out loud with probably the wrestling match you have and I have where we know what we should do. We know what the spirit inside of us wants to do. And yet we don't do it sometimes. Paul says that's our sin nature. It's not me. It's the sin within me. And so he struggles through and he says, who can deliver me from this body of death? At at what point am I going to start doing consistently all that God wants me to do? How's that going to happen? And here's what he says. Let's don't miss this. In verse 24, he says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let me give just a bottom line. You know, we're pulling the talk now, this message out of the gym, out of healthy eating, bringing it down to where it matters. Are we following Christ or are we not? Jesus Christ in you. Who can rescue us? Who can rescue me from this body of death? Only Jesus Christ can. It's not just you pull yourself up by your bootstrap. It's not just that you make better decisions tomorrow than you did today. No, it's you surrender your life to Christ. You trust in Jesus. And then you you walk out obedience to Him. That faith in Him from the beginning has, has feet. It does things in us. You know, self-discipline, self-control, self, all of those kinds of things will only take you so far. But Jesus can take you further than you could ever go on your own. He gives you, the Spirit of God in you empowers you to do what you'd never be able to do. Paul says discipline is required. We need to not just be fueled by self-control, but we need to be surrendered and be fueled by spirit of God control. So surrender to the Lord and letting him lead real transformation, not just your body, not just your health doesn't come from principles and practice. It comes from a person from Christ in you, Jesus Christ in you. Colossians 1.27 says that very phrase, Christ in me, the hope of glory. So thirdly, we're talking about how um, Paul says every step needs to be taken with purpose. So looking back at our text in 1 Corinthians 9, in verse 26, he says uh, in the ESV, it says, So I do not run aimlessly. I do not run aimlessly. I liked the uh, New Living Translation again. It says, so I run with purpose in every step. So every step has purpose. Um, How many of you know that nobody becomes an athlete on accident? You don't just stumble into discipline. It's a decision you make and then you make it again and then you make it again and then you make it again. You decide. And those decisions, those routines, those rhythms become habits. That will ultimately transform you by the power of the Spirit. So every step with purpose. I don't run aimlessly, he says. So what's his aim? If we look at the text, he he says um, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable 
wreath. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. But we, an imperishable. So maybe it's a, a, a trophy on a stage. You know, you, you flexed your muscles, you got a trophy on a stage. That, that trophy, that award is perishable. Maybe it's a raise or it's a promotion or it's um, moving into a, a, a new area of success in, in your world. All of those things are perishable wreaths. They're trophies that won't last. Paul says we run with this kind of discipline for a trophy that lasts. It's not perishable. It's an imperishable wreath. So um, big question for me is what is that? What is the imperishable wreath that we run for? I love the song we sang. One of the last um, lines is in it. It's just talking about glory for His name. How many of you could tell me who won the World Series in 1980? Does anybody know? What about who won the Super Bowl? Super Bowl 27. Who won Super Bowl 27? Anybody know? Who won the Masters in golf in 1983? Mark, you know. Okay. Here's the point I'm making. These are obviously perishable wreaths. Because in this room, just a few decades removed from it, none of us even remember who was on the other side of that trophy. It seems to matter in great ways in the moment. But it's imperishable or it's perishable. It's earthly. It's temporary. It's not going to last forever. So the things that you treasure, the things that you're running for, the things that are at the end of your race, test them. Test it. Is it going to last forever? If it's not, then maybe you're running the wrong race or the prize at the end of your run is not really what the Scriptures tell us to run for. Paul says run for the imperishable prize. He says, I don't run aimlessly. This is not a game. I'm not just shadow boxing. This is a real fight. In verse 27, but I discipline my body, keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So here's what I want to encourage you with a couple of things. Fix your eyes on the eternal prize. What is that? It's bringing glory to God. We'll spend... We'll spend our whole eternity bringing Him glory. For all eternity, we're going to be looking at Him and saying, wow. So let's don't waste that. Let's live in such a way today that people will look at us and what we do and they'll point to God and say, wow. That's the whole point. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 5. I think it's in verse 16. He says, Um, So that people would see your good works. They see your good works, but they give glory to your Father who's in heaven. That's the imperishable wreath that's going to last forever. Paul would teach it another way. He would say, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. So the race that we're on, whatever it is you're doing in your life, do it for the glory of God. That's what's going to last forever. Not just some trophy or crown here. 
Paul's last exhortation to us, number four here, is never let up. Look at what he says. Verse 27, Paul says, But I discipline my body, I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. What he says is, um, I'm not going to, I'm not quitting. This isn't a short little run. This is a run that I'm running for until I'm done. Um, in another place in the scriptures, Paul says, uh, my race is almost over. I've been running. My, I'm being poured out now as a drink offering is what he says. But he says, I'm still, I'm still going. I'm going to go until it's done. And he would say to us, you know, don't quit. It's a warning in that he, he, he warns us about being disqualified. So in another place in 2 Timothy 2, he, t- he tells Timothy, you know, athletes compete according to the rules. And, and here's the, the allusion to that when he says, um, I'm running in this way so that I won't be disqualified. And then he's, it's that warning, but then he's also saying, um, don't quit. Keep chasing and following after Christ. So the encouragement, the call today is two things. Examine your run. Are you running this race? Are you chasing after Christ? Going back to the very beginning, runners run. Are are you actually running this race? Is it who you are? And then go a little deeper. Are you the kind of runner that you want to be? Maybe you are following Christ, but... There's lots of things that maybe you want to you change. You want to be this kind of person. We become what we repeatedly do. What are those habits that have started defining who you are? You know, there's two times a year um, for getting reoriented with goals and that sort of thing. New Year's is obviously one of those times. Um, I don't know if you know the stats, but only 92, well, 92% actually of your New Year's resolutions won't make it to Valentine's Day. Did you guys know that? 92% of what you resolve to do differently every New Year uh, won't make it to Valentine's Day. But maybe there's 8% that actually will impact who you are. So there's two times a year to talk about goals. One's at New Year's and one is uh, right now. When kids are going back to school, you're settling into, back into some new routines. I know that's what we are doing. So here's where I wanted, to, I wanted to kind of hit us with these habits that explain, that identify who you are. Your rhythms, your daily rhythms tell on you. There's the... Is that so? That's okay. These rhythms they tell they tell on you. They tell who you are. So what I want to I want to encourage you to do today is take the long view. Think about who you want to be, and make one decision today about what's it going to take to get there. Who do you want to be? I want to be passionately pursuing Jesus. What's one decision? I, I'm going to read three verses from the Bible. I'm going to read a chapter of the Bible every day. I'm going to get my coffee. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to read the Bible every day. 
Why do you want to do that? Well, because it, it, it's pointing to who you want to be. It's not just a thing to do. It's a defining habit of somebody who does that. Well, I want to be generous. I want to be this. I want to be that. Well, okay, what's one thing you can do differently to run that race well? So two things this morning. Are you running? And are you running the way you want to run? If you're not in the race, then I want to encourage you this way today. Surrender to Jesus. Give your life to Christ. Maybe you struggle with all those inconsistencies. You wrestled with not being the kind of person you want to be. And I'm not saying that Jesus is the one to fix all of that. I'm saying He's the only one. He is the only one who can save you from your sin. And then yes, He will make you into the person that you need to be. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, let's do that today. Listen to Him. Surrender to Him. And then secondly, if you're in this room... And something in you, the Spirit of God is saying, you're not who I want you to be. These things need to change. This needs to change. Think about those things and make some resolve to to change them.